As always, it's so good to be with you. And what a wonderful day. What a fantastic day this is in the life of the church as we receive our catechumen, as we receive all of these candidates. Can't wait till the Easter vigil. And then baptizing 10, 10 children. I, I just think that's, that's mind-boggling. That's what we're about. Remember that, church. That's why we're here. That's what we're, that's what we're about. Well, this is a very special day in the life of the church also. Uh, the third Sunday in ordinary time is designated as that sin Sunday when we emphasize the importance of God's word in our lives. And we're going to really, we're going to give all of our catechumens here in a moment a Bible. And uh, that's wonderful because it stresses, it, en it encourages the emphasis of God's word in your life. Does God's word mean anything to you? Huh? Well, of course it does. It's life-giving. It truly is. It's, it's revelation of who God is. And uh, there's a couple of thoughts that I want to share with all the assembly today that are very important as we think about the readings and as we all consider what's happening, what's transpiring here right now before our very eyes as well. The important thing, always, always be a student of God's Word. There is just so much. God's Word is immeasurable. It's, it's totally incomprehensible. Why? Because the source is God, and God is eternal. He is infinite, as we heard them uh, profess a while ago. And so never think, you know, sometimes we think, oh, we got the basics, you know. Uh, we, we know everything. Well, you know what I've found about the Word of God? The more I know, the less I know. I, I, that's, that's, my, that's the way I see the Word of God. It's infinite. I mean, it truly is a wonderful, wonderful thing. So be sure, be mindful of that. Uh, today, we, there's a tendency to uh, what the saints call look at the feet of God. You ever looked at somebody's feet? Well, you didn't look... Look above them you'd into their face. What can you tell about somebody from their feet? Not a lot, can you? Uh, that's, sort of the, that's sort of the basics of our faith, and that's why the saints said. So many times all we do is look at the feet of God. Where, do we, where are we supposed to look? We look into the deeper things of God, and that's called looking into the face of God. You know, I can look into your face, and I can pretty well tell most everything about you. It's really easy. Uh, that's always been the way it is. Feet, well, that's different, you know. But face, yeah, I can tell a lot. And that's what we're called to do. Look into the face of God. And God invites us to do that. He encourages us to do that. Because he loves to share the great revelation of who he is. Always look into the face of God. Uh, I think about one of the, probably one of the greatest saints in the Catholic Church, he was a doctor of the church as well, who has had, and you may not realize it, but uh, he's had profound influence on what you think and what you believe. You know what his name is? Thomas Aquinas. Thomas Aquinas. He was doctor of the church. He was saint. Also, uh, he was around when St. Albert was here, and uh, he he was actually, was uh, uh, St. Albert was a mentor. He mentored St. Thomas Aquinas until Thomas Aquinas succeeded him, and 
he started to, to mentor St. Albert. But uh, that, he, he's had tremendous impact on you. He knew more about the Bible than any of us and theology and the tradition of the church. And uh, it's, he would go ahead and write what's called the Summa Theologica. It's the summary of theology. How would you like to write that? That would be a challenge, wouldn't it? Uh, and he did it, and though the words in the Summa are very apropos to everything that we believe today, even though we may not have read one word out of it, but it, man, it, it affects everything that we do as Catholics and how we believe. But here was, here was a man who knew so much, yet one day he gives it all up. He quits writing. He hadn't finished the Summa yet. He was still working on it, and uh, he was working in the area of penance, actually. But uh, on a St. Patrick's Day, when he was at the altar, he had such a profound experience of God, the truth of God, that he quit writing. So one of his uh, disciples came up to him one day and said, well, Father Aquinas, why don't you write anymore? Here's why he said. You know what he said? Here's why he said. This is the most intelligent Catholic in the church. To me, I think he is. Everything that I've written seems like straw. To one, to me, compared to those things that I have seen and have been revealed to me. That's powerful. That, that says something about who God is, doesn't it? Wow. Everything that he's written, I mean, he was the, the ultimate theologian, philosopher, everything you want to call it, mystic, contemplative, yet it seemed like straw when he experienced God. Well, what's he talking about? He's talking about the truth of God, the reality of God, who God is. And so you and I, all of us here, are called to study, are called to embrace the faith and be inspired. God, God never desires that any of us not be able to do that. The second thing that's really important is turn to the church for guidance. Turn to the church for guidance. Uh, you know, we don't like to turn to anybody for guidance today. We like to be our own independent thinkers. But that's not the way the church works, thankfully, because the church is guarding what's called the deposit of faith. What is the deposit of faith? Well, there's part of it right there sitting in those Bibles. And uh, they're called to do that, and that, uh, that's very important. I, when I think about the importance of listening and turning to the church for guidance, I think about a guy named St. Ignatius of Loyola. Have you ever heard of him? Well, I guess probably his greatest claim to frame, which is still popular today, is he wrote the spiritual exercises. You've probably heard of the spiritual exercises. But if you go into Rule 13, how many of you know Rule 13 in the spiritual exercises? All right, everybody. Okay, all right. Well, I'll, 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 I'll quote it to you to remind you. Here's what he wrote. He says, what seems to me white, I will believe black if the hierarchical church so desires. Those are pretty powerful words, aren't they? In our culture and society today, because we want to believe what we want to believe. That's not what he said, is it? Well, is he outdated? Is he outmoded? Does he really apply to today? I think he does. What was he writing about? 
Well, when Ignatius of Loyola was around, it was during what was called the Reformation. And the Reformation said, throw this out. There is no real body, there's no real blood. All it is is bread and wine. It's like what Ignatius said. What seems to me, it seems to me when I look at it, it's white. It seems to me when I look at it, it's bread and wine. But the church says it's not. What is it? When it's consecrated, it is the body and blood of Christ. So what I see is white, the church sees it as black. I'm going to go on what the church teaches. Aren't you glad they did? Church didn't give up on the Eucharist with the Reformation. And we have the same thing today. 50% of all Catholics don't believe in the real presence of Christ. I mean, what's the problem? The church continues to stand up. Actually, we're in a three-year cycle of Eucharistic revival to call the church back to the, to the living, real presence of Christ. I will say this. You know, I come from a Protestant background, so I, I'm a convert, so I had a lot to think about, but I took that studying my faith very seriously. Always have, always will. But uh, you know what I found? There's some white, there's some things about church teaching that when I look at it, they seem white. They seem white to me. But church says they're black. Now, what I've adopted is I see them as black. But I don't just stop there. What I do is I study it. You know what I've found? Every time I study what seems to be white, and I really dig into it, it's black. It's black. Church has been around for a while. You can rely on the church. You have to take that seriously, uh, particularly you all. I mean, you're going to be asked soon, do you believe all that the Catholic Church teaches and believe? That's a big statement. That's a real big statement, isn't it? You're going to have to say yes or no. So I think we need to uh, realize that and take it seriously. The church knows, we don't, church doesn't get the credit that it needs today about the priority that it places on safeguarding the deposit of faith. I close that with one illustration. Now imagine this, and some of you know exactly. Father Dave walks into the hospital room where you are. You're going to have brain surgery tomorrow. And he's there, and oh, Father, we're so glad that you're here. You're going to anoint me for the sacrament of healing as I prepare for surgery. Well, I am here for that, but I'm also here for another reason. I'm going to do your surgery tomorrow. You know, when I was in college, I took a course in human anatomy. I'm going to do your brain surgery tomorrow. How would you feel about that? Uh, no. I don't think fathers stick to the healing part, okay? The, the sacramental part of it. Well, it's the same way with the church. This is the deposit of faith. And the church has safeguarded and protected it. Who do we think we are sometimes when we think that we know more? You know, well, somebody said last night, well, I've had two courses. All right, maybe you have. But uh, I still, that still doesn't qualify you to do brain surgery, does it? Or to know everything about the church and the teaching of the church. I believe in the church. 
I believe in the church strongly and what the church teaches. And up to this point, I've found nothing contrary to that. I haven't up to this point. I've not. Well, remember as you go through these next few weeks, what you're going to say to me and to this fellowship about what you believe about the Catholic Church. God bless you.